Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to share for a few minutes. We've already had so much fun. I feel like we almost don't need to share. But I think uh, there's just a few things on my heart. This is a, a passage of Scripture this morning, which I'd love to read to you, which is something that's been so special to me that the Lord has refreshed to me over the last year. Actually, so much so that, I, that I've kind of gone back and looked at it and gone, I've never seen that before. Have, have you ever done that? You've read your Bible for years and years, and then you read it back. And, who put that in there? Where did that come from? I'm sure I had this co- chapter covered. And uh, that, that's actually, we're, we're going to look very quickly from, uh, <laughs> I'm going to f- flick through from Mark 4 to 8. But look, if I, if, if I could ask for a huge favor from all of you, and that is, would you, because of time, I can't really go into it, would you allow me to hijack your personal devotions tomorrow morning? I know that we're all probably working through a Bible plan or some kind of devotional plan, and I know tomorrow morning, what is somewhere in the New Testament, if you could trade out your devotion plan and read Mark 4 through 8 as one continuous journey and story that Jesus is trying to do and teach his disciples something that is relevant for us today, I think you're going to get even more out of it tomorrow morning in your devotions than you are today. But, um, you know, Revelation 19.10 is a powerful scripture that says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That, That testimony is a prophetic declaration that God intends to do again in the future what he's done before in the past. That when we share that God has healed your neck or your back or whatever it is, we're actually speaking a prophetic declaration of the will and the nature of God and his desire to duplicate what he's done before in the past again in the future. It's actually prophetic. Testimony is a prophetic word that reveals his nature. The testimony of Jesus, the life and ministry of Jesus was a prophetic declaration. His life prophesied the life that you and I were meant to live. Jesus didn't come to show us what God could do. Jesus came to show us what one man man and woman can do in right relationship with the Father. Romans chapter 6 says, in the message version, it says, Just as one man did it wrong and got us into all this trouble with sin and death, Adam... Another man, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, got us out of trouble. But he didn't just get us out of trouble. He got us into life. He got us into an supernatural, extraordinary life. Jesus came as the new Adam. He came as a son of God to release the sons and daughters of God. He came to show you what normal Christianity looks like. Christian means little Christ imitator of Christ. And this is how kingdom Jesus is. He's so good. He's so generous. He's so kind. He didn't just say, my life is the limit. He said, and you're going to do more. These things and greater shall you do for I'm returning to the Father and whatever you ask in my name shall be done. What a kingdom thinker. He wanted his sons and daughters to even go further. And so Jesus redefined to us what normal Christianity looked like. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. (laughs) And he takes us on this transformational journey. It's not just about getting you to heaven. It's about bringing heaven to earth. (laughs) 
And he uses the word of God and divine encounter to transform and renew our mind so that we never look at opposition and lack the same again. See, once you've been introduced to a world of no impossibility, it actually becomes your go-to. It is factored into your problem solving. God didn't just call you out of the world. He called you out of the world to go into the world with a message and an answer and a power to reveal God. His will is heaven on earth. Kingdom come, will of God be done through who? Us, through you and me. He reassigned us to bring about heaven. And I love it. Jesus, he's so patient to take us on this transformational journey of the washing of the word of God and also supernatural divine encounter, prophetic testimony. I'm going to hope you've got your scripture verse running shoes on this morning. I'm having lots of fun already. We're just going to run through this really quickly. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be fun. So uh, with Mark chapter 4, he tells this parable. And in the parable, it's the parable of the sower. Now, we named it the parable of the sower. It actually could be the parable of the soil because the significant thing about this story is that hearts are soil. Seed is the word of God. The word of God goes forth, and it lands on different types of heart. And the idea is that the word of God and divine encounter would go forth and land on soft hearts so that we would duplicate, bear fruit of what was sown. And so he says this is, a, this is a pillar principle. He says if you get these, you're going to get the other ones. Did you know in the kingdom of God, there's certain principles that have more weight than another. They're like create a domino effect. Faith, hope, and love, pillar principles, but the greatest of these is love. He put an order to it that creates a domino effect, a spiritual momentum for us to step into the kingdom of God. He's renewing our minds so that we can live from heaven and change earth. That we would look up before we look down. That we would live from divine supernatural solution. So that you would be an effective, offensive influence for the kingdom of God. Here's the pillar principle. And he says, if you get this about hearts, soft hearts, he says, uh, this is important wording. He says, so that your hearts will be soft so that Um, If your hearts are hard, that they may see but never perceive, hear but never understand. Okay, the idea is that the Lord wants you to understand how the kingdom of God works so that you can be in partnership with him, seeing what he's doing and perceiving the meaning of what he's doing. When people are getting healed in this meeting, I think we counted seven people already who, who are testified up to 80% healed. We're, actually, we're perceiving and understanding that God is not just healing them for their sake. He's healing them to reveal the nature that he's a healer and that he's got a whole heaven realm filled with ears and arms and all kinds of things which he's going to release on, on earth. It's, it's super fun perceiving and understanding and so here's here's the uh here's the journey this is this is a fun journey so he tells them the last parable he tells them is about a mustard seed 
Now we know that the, uh, the mustard seed says, faith like a mustard seed, you could remove a mountain. Um, and he also says that it, it, when it's planted, it's, it, it grows into this really big tree. Now Jesus gets into a boat heading into a storm, and he's asleep on a cushion. I believe that the significance of mentioning to us in the Bible that he was on a cushion was the fact that he didn't just like he was out front and he was leading the way and he was paranoid and worried and come on guys, we can do this. He meant to sleep. He planned to sleep. When you bring a pillow with you, it's, it's the real deal. You know what I mean? I told Peyton and John on our drive over here, I said, I just need a 15-minute power nap. And then Peyton gave me a pillow and it was over. Uh, three hours later, I was asleep and Pastor Christie told me and I woke up in heaven. So uh, <laughs> um, he, he's asleep and he's asleep in a storm. Because he has peace. As Pastor Bill Johnson says, it was the peace that allowed him to sleep. And it was the peace that was the offensive influence that he released on the storm. When the disciples were afraid and woke him up, they said, help us. Jesus said, peace, be, be still. He released what was in him on the world around him. Whatever overshadows you will cast your shadow. That's why the disciples' shadow healed people because they were so overshadowed by the divine healer of Jesus Christ. Whatever captures your awareness, you will affect the world around you with it. And so here's Jesus. Jesus says, he, say, he says, do you have no faith? Do you still not understand? And they're totally amazed. They're in awe. They're like, Jesus, you, who is this man who even the wind and the waves listens to him? So next chapter, uh, we, oh, sorry. We're going to actually jump forward two chapters to chapter six. And, and uh, verse, uh, verse 37, this is feeding the 5,000. Now, the disciples are with a multitude of people. They run into a need. When we have need, what do we do? we talking to Jesus, is, is praying. We, we run to Jesus. They run to Jesus with the need, and they say, Jesus, we have no bread. And Jesus says, you feed them. And they said, no, 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 no. We can't feed them because we have no bread. And he says, no, you, you be the solution. Jesus doesn't want to fix for you. He wants to fix through you. He wants to partner with you. And sometimes when it comes from miracle or breakthrough, we kind of throw up this Hail Mary prayer. God, help me. We're going to die, please. And if a miracle happens, we kind of treat it like, well, lightning never strikes twice in the same place. Somehow I managed to hit a chord with the Lord on this one. Goody. But the next time we run into a situation, we're equally as worried, and we're still doubting whether God's going to come through or not. Well, that's me. I don't know about you. Your Valley Church, you're probably full of faith and can't relate in that area. But for me, and yet God is wanting you to grow in confidence that every time that he breaks through, that you're partnering with him in understanding. Your faith is growing, and you're saying, hey, the God of yesterday's breakthrough is the God of today's breakthrough. The God of the back pain healing is the God of the cancer healing. Jesus says, you feed them, and we can't feed them. How many loaves of fish? Five loaves, two fish. So he brings it, breaks it, blesses it, puts it in their hands, and this is the first time that the miracle happens in the disciples' hands. See, Jesus is trying to, to impart to these guys. John 20, 21, as the Father sent me, I send you. It's this transformational verse in Scripture which says, as the Father has brought me, I am passing the baton onto you. God's looking to use you. He's looking to use us. This is, this is fun. At the end of this passage, it says, he gets them to gather up all the baskets, 12 baskets full. 
They're looking at the baskets, and it says, immediately he put them in a boat back into a storm. By the way, I did a, a research on that verse uh, uh, word immediately, and it means immediately. <laughs> I know, I'm, very, I'm a very smart Bible scholar. <laughs> the miracle happens in their hands. Jesus is watching this. He's excited. He gets them to line up how much the multitude left, 12 baskets full. This is an amazing miracle. Imagine that increasing in your hand. And then he says, okay, come jump in the boat, head towards that storm. He, he's letting them retake the test. They failed it the first time. Did you know God doesn't want to keep you bubble wrapped from the world? He doesn't. He doesn't want to keep you in one of those big blow up balls where nothing touches you. No, he wants you to know that the power of God inside of you is more than enough and makes you a conqueror and overcomer and makes you a giant killer makes you able makes you the solution and answer to a nation and generation this is so fun he sends them in a boat back into a storm here retake the test don't worry guys you didn't get it the first time you know when i read these passages so many times people love to read jesus as like a really bad rebuke you know you you still don't have faith you dirty rotten disciples Actually, this is how I read it. I read it that Jesus, he was so confident in these guys that he really thought they were going to get it, you know? Yeah. Say to this mountain, be removed. But we were in a storm. I, didn't I say, say to the mountain, be removed? So I don't read it as like this big rebuke. I read it as this big surprise. Like, Do you, you still don't have faith? So this is amazing. They go into the storm. It says he sees them from far off. They're struggling because the wind and the waves is against them. At 3 o'clock, he comes walking on the water. Read this in your devotions tomorrow. This is going to be fun for you. <laughs> and it says he intended to pass them by. What? Jesus, I thought you were coming to save us. No, he was coming to meet them on the other side because he was so confident that at any moment they were going to stand up and rebuke the wind and the waves. Now, Peter, who's full of faith, he's like, we're dying in a storm, and now there's a ghost! Ghost! <laughs> Jesus gets into the boat. Okay, can, can you read this? He gets into the boat. This is, this is one of these things that kind of blows my mind. I was like, who put that in there? Immediately, he spoke to them. He said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the winds died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the miracle of the loaves because their hearts were still hard. What? No, 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 no. We're in a storm. What do you mean we haven't understood about the miracle of the loaves? What does the loaves have to do with the storm? Why? Because... Through the word of God and divine encounter, he was renewing their minds to be an offensive influence for the kingdom of God. He was introducing them to a world of no impossibility. That the God of the increase of the loaves is the same God who's going to calm the storm. So Jesus goes on. Uh, the next chapter, they, uh, actually it's chapter 8, they feed the 4,000. There's seven baskets left over. <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoy this as much as me because I'm just getting so much out of it. First B. Wagner and Maggie and now the word of God, Jesus. He, I'm just, this is too much fun. Anyways, chapter 8, he says, 
they've just multiplied bread twice. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf. Jesus said to them, be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. The disciples asked one another, is it because we have no bread? Jesus, aware of their discussions, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see and understand? Are your hearts hard? Have you of eyes but not seen, ears but not heard? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves and the two fishes, how many baskets were left over? They said 12. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets were left over? They said seven. And he says, do you still not understand? This This is amazing. This is amazing. Do you not understand the significance of a miracle and what God's doing? that he desires to do again in the future what he's done before in the past. Um, in Australia, when I was a youth pastor, we saw a, a major uh, a healing revival that happened. And a lot of people said, well, how did that happen? Um, when I come from China and uh, done some things in Toronto as well at TACF, we saw a whole bunch of miracles happen. And when I got to Australia, people told us, miracles don't happen in Australia like they do in China, it's obviously a different God. He's sort of diluted, a little tamer in Australia. And we said, no, 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 he's the same God. And we, we went and laid hands on people, and, and you know what? We, we didn't see many healings. And I remember we prayed for about three months. We prayed for so many people. Nobody got healed. And we, we prayed for about three months. Said, God, we just want to see you move. And finally, I remember this one night where we, we all ended up going out from the prayer meeting to the shopping center. We, we found this one guy, loved on him, found out he had a headache prayed for his headache, and his headache got healed. And we were like, yes, we're unstoppable now. <laughs> do, you, do you know what our strategy from that point on? We told everybody about that headache. We would go and see a guy with crutches. We'd be like, hey, God can heal you. We just saw a guy with a headache healed. And did you know as we started celebrating the headache that was healed, we started seeing back pain healed. And then we started seeing broken ankles. And, and we would just... We would just share these stories endlessly. That was like, <laughs> I remember uh, finally, you know, from headaches and back pains all the way up to a lady who had a brain tumor the size of a golf ball that had disappeared and, uh, and we'd had the x-rays. But it but actually started with us praying for about 300 people who were not healed and eventually when the headache got healed, we were like, we're unstoppable. Okay, this is, this, is, this is a super recent one. I know I gotta, I've got to wind it up. I'm watching the time here. A super recent one. I'm a, a student now. I was working in real estate. I was a student now. I transfer on a budget enough money, you know, for, for the week. Anyways, um, it's amazing how much money you spend when you're not working. And, uh, and I needed to transfer myself some more money. It takes three working days. A friend of mine was flying into San Francisco. I needed to go and drive and see him. So I thought, the bank's open at 9 o'clock. My money will be transferred in. It'll be fine. Then I can put petrol in my car. I've got half a tank of petrol. I can get... I know this seems silly in comparison to headaches, but, but this is the point. I've got a point. Anyways, trust me. Thanks. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, I, I started driving, and I ran out of gas. Now, 4 o'clock in the afternoon here is 
uh, three, uh, 9 o'clock in Australia, which the banks open and it comes through. Anyways, I'm, I'm on empty, and I drove about another 20 miles on empty before I pulled into a gas station. I get into the gas station, and I know I'm, I'm just out. And I'm sitting there thinking, I've got to wait another hour before the banks open, the money comes in. And I was thinking, what if there's a delay or a holiday? I'm going to be stuck down here. What do I do? Can I got to ask somebody for money? I can't do that. got to ask a friend. You know, I was pretty worried, pretty frantic, you know. And uh, then I just thought, no, you know what? I'm just going to rejoice. I'm just going to celebrate Jesus. And so I started praying and just celebrating. And thank you, Lord. I'm in this funny situation. It's my own fault. But, you know, thank you, God. You're good. Anyways, I was in the heat and the sun, and I wanted to move my car from the, sh- uh, from the heat to the shade. So I went to go turn my car, and I drove it 20 miles on empty. When I turned it on, the, uh, the gas gauge was back up to above the light. And I just couldn't believe it. I drove about 50 more miles before the light came on and, and uh, again, and another 20 miles before I was out, and I pulled in again, and this time my, my bank had come through and the money was there, so I, I filled up my tank. So I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, hang on. What, what's the significance of this? In, in, um, in California, our petrol's about like, uh, sorry, our gas is like $3.88 or sometimes $4. That's why when we come over to Idaho, we're like, it is heaven on earth here, amen? <laughs> and um, and I... I uh, I was thinking about it, and it's about $16. God put $16 worth of gas in my car. And I was like, 16 bucks worth of gas in my car. God, what's the significant? This is pretty amazing. And God spoke to me, and he said, if I can supernaturally provide 16 bucks, I can provide 1,600 bucks. I can provide 16,000 bucks. I can provide 6 million bucks. He's the God of the breakthrough. The God that healed the headache is the God that healed the cancer. It doesn't matter how big or small, it's a seed. And we take this seed and we celebrate what God is doing. Do you know how you, 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 you do warfare against uh, people that have become impressed with a problem? T- testimony. This is my last verse that I'm going to read. I'm, I'm really wrapping it up here. But, but this... I want to read you this. Do you know who did this so well in the Old Testament first that I know? It's 1 Samuel chapter 17, 37. Is David comes to the battlefield and here's a group of people, a nation, who have become impressed with the problem, Goliath. They know all about the problem, the details of the problem, how tall he is, how much he kills. And David says, no, 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 hang on a second. He speaks into the atmosphere. He says, the Lord who delivered me from the hand of the bear and the lion will deliver me from the giant what's he sharing he is sharing a secret place breakthrough and i would like to uh suggest to you (laughs) peace be still The God who delivered me from the bear and the lion. I'd like to suggest they're not even equal. Because for me, I do this thing with the Lord where I'm like, God, is my problem equal to what you solved yesterday? Right? (laughs) I remember a young lady coming up who had a blind eye. And uh, she said, can I be healed? I didn't know she had a blind eye. Can I be healed? I said, what's your pain? Nothing looked wrong with her. I was really hoping for a headache. Because for me, 
I have on a scale of easy to hard, right? Whereas God's like, nothing is impossible. It just means everything's easy for him. One word from the creator, he put the planets and the universe into, I mean, he's just not worried. Sometimes quick obedience is the best because if I stop to evaluate whether or not I have enough faith for this miracle, whatever faith I have may soon evaporate. So it's better sometimes just to put your hand on them and say, Jesus, touch them right now. <laughs> the, the bear and the lion, I'd like to suggest that Goliath was more dangerous than the bear and the lion, amen? He was a bigger deal. He was a trained soldier to kill, kill this young guy. And this is how he did battle. He said, the Lord who delivered me from the bear and the lion will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. I, as a youth pastor, I got called up one day, and a lady said, uh, I need you to pray. My, my son is dying. A group of us went down to the hospital, and there was a boy. There was a picture of her son who looked beautiful and young and healthy, about 11 years old, blonde hair, played soccer. And, uh, and then this puffy body filled with liquid on the bed. And it did not look good. And the atmosphere was filled with fear. The nurses knew he was going to die. They even had a time frame for him to, to die. He was at the very end. And, um, you know, we were, we were pretty rocked by what we were seeing. And you know what we started to do? Just naturally, the team just started sharing testimonies. And they're sharing with the mom. You know, the other day we prayed for this guy and his ankle got healed. And she was looking at us like, my son is a bloated mess a few days from death. You want to tell me about an ankle that got healed in a shopping mall? Wait, wait. But wait, wait. There was a lady who got her neck healed. But, but wait, wait. God supernaturally touched this guy's wrist. And the same God, the bear on the line, and the same God, the headache and the back pain, is the same God who delivers the cancer, who brings breakthrough and miracles, who provides for you, who is well able to do exceedingly abundantly far more than you can imagine or comprehend. We laid our hands on her and we said, Jesus, just touch him. He, he, he opened his eyes and looked at us. We're like, good. And then he rolled over and went back to sleep. We're like, bad. We left. One of the hardest things about praying for miracles is that sometimes they call you to do the funeral, and that's a reality. And I got a call the next day, and to tell you the truth, I genuinely thought that it was going to be a call saying that, that he was dead. And I got this call, and this, the mother is just so excited, so excited. And she says, you wouldn't believe what happened. I stayed with him all through the night. I was really tired, so I went out of the room to get something to eat. When I came back a couple hours later, he was gone. And I thought that he died and they'd taken his body away and so I went and asked and I said where have you taken my son to and the nurses are running around looking at the, the, the charts and the folders trying to find him and as they're going through the hospital they hear somebody laughing from outside and it's her son and her son found some kids who were kicking a soccer ball <laughs> and God had touched his body the fluid came out of his body and he was out playing soccer see the God of the ankle the God of the neck pain. It doesn't matter how big or how small. He wants you to understand how the kingdom of heaven works. He wants to partner with you to bring about heaven on earth. Can I grab the team up? You know, Pastor um, Bill Johnson, when they were believing for a move of God, Bethel's a well-known move of God now, but when they were believing for it at first, God was speaking to them and saying what it was going to look like, and they weren't seeing it all. <laughs> People were leaving their church and calling them a cult. And he said, finally, a lady in her 70s came up one night, 
and him and Benny laid hands on her and prayed for her, and, uh, and, she, and she got touched and she got healed. And apparently that's when Bill turned to Benny and said, it's happened. It started. We're unstoppable now. Nobody can stop us. Our focus and what we focus on, what we feed ourselves is, is, is so incredibly important. So incredibly important. You know, um, be, being real, we, we, we all get discouraged at different times. You know, um, I was in full-time ministry for about 10 years. Um, actually got super burnt out and uh, was in real estate for the last five and decided to come to Bethel. And, um, you know, it's interesting, uh, the story of, uh, the, um, just want to make sure I have the reference. Yeah, Matthew eleven four. 4, the, sto- the story of John the Baptist is a little bit sad at the end of his story, because John the Baptist prophesied over Jesus saying he's the son of God. John the Baptist saw the spirit of God come down like a dove. John the Baptist heard the audible voice of God say, this is my son, who I'm well pleased. How could you ever doubt? And yet, here's John in a bad situation. He's in a prison. He's got some disappointment. And he begins to doubt. And he actually says, send word to Jesus and ask him, is he the one? Or should we wait for another one? You know, Jesus doesn't rebuke him. Jesus doesn't say, John, You heard an audible voice of God in the future. There's going to be Christians that love me, that just have faith. They're not even going to hear a voice. Blessed are they. Cursed are you. Right? No. He didn't. Do you know what he sent John? What message he sent John? He said, tell John, the blind are seeing. The deaf are hearing. The lame are walking. The good news is being proclaimed to the poor. Blessed are those who are not offended at me. We got to look up before we look down. We got to feed ourselves on what God is doing. No matter how big or small, I want to tell you, it's the key to the breakthrough in your life. It's the key for Idaho. It's the key for revival. We're going to take our eyes off of whatever disappointment or whatever prison, whatever circumstance, and we're going to look at Jesus again and say, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. The good news is being proclaimed. Hey, if you're in this place really quickly, and uh, I just, I had to do this old school. This is going to be so fun. (laughs) I love your pastors. Hey, and uh, you don't really know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've walked away from the Lord, but today is your day. And today you're saying, hey, I want to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I'm making him Lord of my life. I'm going to start this transformational journey. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand really quickly. Right across this place. Anyone? You want to receive Jesus into your heart? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Great decision. Amazing decision. We're going to pray for you in a second. Both of you. Thank you. Um, We're going to open up the altar call to um, lay hands on anybody that wants to receive miracles or healings or whatever. But before we do that, if you're here in this place and you've had... I'm just going to go with the word that that they've said. If you've had some sort of disappointment in your life along the journey and uh, 
I believe God wants to touch you this morning. I, want, I believe he wants to refresh you. I, I believe that he wants to remind you of his goodness. I believe he wants to turn a new chapter in your life. If, you, if you've had some sort of disappointment recently, God's going to bring breakthrough in your life. Would you be able to raise your hand right across this place? We're going to pray for you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay, great. Okay, here's what I'd like to do. Can I get uh, everybody that raised their hand, if you could just... If you could come up to the front really quick and lay, uh, stand along here, we're just going to lay our hands on you really quickly. We believe God's going to do something special. Just right along here. 